1: Dan. Yeah. And I am Scott. And, AKA, uh, aka. <laughs> AKA, the yeah. aka
2: the Duke. Aka the Duke. The Duke.
1: Aka stepping all over each other already.
2: Yeah, for long time listeners. <laughs> I go by the and
1: Duke. If, and, if, and if we sound a little uh, tin canny, if we sound a little weird, if we're, um, <laughs> we're using a. Uh, website called Talk Shoe to record the episode. So it kind of sounds like, it sounds like we're on the phone. It's because we are. We're, <laughs> we're, we're basically calling in. It's kind of like a, a conference call, uh, software, but you can also record with it. So we're, we're trying it out. So hopefully it, it sounds, uh, sounds good. And we shall see. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> we tried using it last week and, And I screwed it up, so. But we're (laughs) we're on the right track now. (laughs) We are. Fingers crossed, we're recording. Uh, Yeah. So, um, I guess we just kind of jump right into to talking. So, after after many months, I finally (laughs) I finally saw Wonder Woman.
2: That's been and and as well you should. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's it's been driving me crazy. It's not, you know, I, I, it's just one of those things where the opportunity just never presented itself. Um, when we were on vacation, when there was um, there was a free screening through New Dimension Comics, and then we were still on vacation when it premiered, and then we came back and, <clears throat> you know, kind of. Decompressing from vacation and getting caught up in that, and then, you know, we were still. I think when we went on vacation, we were only in our new house for a month, so we were kind oh, of still yeah. packing and setting up yeah. the house, and then, you know, like a month after that, um, we got a dog. So it's just it's just like one thing after another, and these are not bad things. It's just the way things go, and so the so going to see a movie doesn't really fit in sometimes, you know, it doesn't fit into the agenda.
2: We bought a zoo. Yeah. No. Yeah. Different movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, finally saw it and, um, I liked it. Yeah. So I don't think that I let myself get too built up. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't – you know, I've, I've been purposely avoiding – I mean, this has been, like, the ultimate test. I've been purposely avoiding uh, Wonder Woman reviews and spoilers and articles because I hadn't seen it. I'm like, I actually – this is a movie I actually want to be surprised about. Right. Or, you know, I want to legitimately enjoy without like, right. having things spoiled. So, um, so, so when I – you know, but, uh, again, I, I didn't – you know, sometimes you – Things get built up for so long, and you hear it's awesome, and then when you see it or hear it or listen, whatever, it's not as good as you hoped it was going to be. I don't think that was the case, but at the same time, I wasn't – like, I wanted to be just blown away, or I wanted to be – I thought I was just going to be just overwhelmed with – Joy at this movie, like this was going to be just <laughs> such a breath of fresh air, yeah. Compared to, I mean, and 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 it was compared to Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman, um, but I thought it was just it was just okay, like it it like what? there were the parts of it that I really liked. I mean, and that it, it was for me, it was peaks and valleys. Okay, like there would be like the I loved all the stuff on Tenescara in the beginning, yeah. and then I felt like I I got bored when they tr- you know traveled to London and all the London stuff, and then it picked up again when they met. I guess their version of the Howling Commandos. Yeah. You know they 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 picked up their their three guys the, uh, the Rat Pack. The yeah the the um, the Rat Pack Scotsman world. the. The American That's Indian cool. and the um, the Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. They they picked them up and that was cool and there was the the great big fight um, on the front lines. It's like this at this like this war torn village and that was amazing. That whole scene was just terrific. And then yeah. And then I found myself getting bored again when they were actually at that village and kind of taking a rest. And then...
0: Oh, okay. So
1: I, I, I just kept, you know, going up and down with this movie. And there were a couple points where I found myself kind of, like, my eyes were getting heavy. And
0: oh. and, and I was
1: not watching this late at night, Scott. I was watching this Whoa. in the, of the day. Yeah, I was watching this in the middle of the day. And I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, whew, I'm tired. You
2: know? Yeah, but how many how many things did you watch before that? No, I don't Nothing. I'm just, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, um... And then, and, then, and then at the very end, that was, you know, like the big, the, the big finale. Um,
2: the boss fight.
1: Was, yeah, the boss fight um, was good. But then, but then it also, I felt like it turned, like, visually and thematically turned into a giant, like, it, it, I feel like all of the, like, DC movies eventually um, just boiled down to, okay, let's have a giant fight and throw rubble at each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: it's just like, yeah. Giant, like, I... Yeah. And, um,
0: um,
1: yeah. And I, so it was enjoyable enough. I mean, and I, I thought everyone who was in it was excellent. You know, I mean, I thought everybody like Gal Gadot was amazing. Chris Pine, um, the, the guys that played paladin Commandos, even like the woman that played the the secretary. Oh yeah, just adorable. Do you know who you she know? was? Yes. Yeah, she's um the the original from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I was gonna say oh, that's right. She was in that. I was gonna say she was in the the original uh, UK office.
2: Yes, that as well.
1: Yep. She was she was the UK office. The, yeah, she was the Pam Beasley yeah. character.
2: Yeah, and she was. Yeah, and she was in Shaun of the Dead.
1: That's um, right, I forgot about the, that.
2: The girlfriend, like the girl that was like friends that...
1: Yeah, she was like the, the actress.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I um, did
2: not recognize her in Wonder Woman at all, because I, I kind of went in like the same way with the blinders on, so I didn't really mm-hmm. try to see who was the cast and everything either.
1: Oh, yeah, she and, uh... she looked way different, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of that was... For that the movie, awesome. like, I, I don't think she, because she looked a little like kind of pudgy, like she put mm-hmm. some weight on, but I, I don't think that's actually her. I think that's just how but they sure. made her look.
2: I think previously, too, she was a blonde in this one. She's, you know, brunette with, oh, like,
1: yeah,
2: you know, different hair yeah. and everything and different clothing and, yeah, the whole, the whole look. Um, and, and, but yeah, I and thought, it, what a transformation. I thought that was good.
1: Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I um, like I said, I was just kind of like, eh, okay, so
2: I saw I'll that. You, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm gonna try to. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Actually, I thought it was probably the best superhero movie of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that there was been a ton, but but like that versus like Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it had. Guardians of the Galaxy, like visually, was was killing it. Um, Guardians Two, I mean, um, yeah. But I thought that Wonder Woman had more of a story, so that made it a better movie. You know, because it had more of a yeah. an actual story.
1: Oh yeah, no, um, I'll, 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 yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with that, and I yeah. think. You know, with Guardians, and I think well, uh, Spider Man would be the other something. Oh yeah,
2: Spider Man, yeah.
1: You know, those I were... feel like
2: Wonder Woman the best. But go ahead, yeah, w-
1: keep going. Well, I was just going to say, like, we're 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 familiar with Guardians and Spider Man. Like, like seeing a seeing a Guardians movie or a Spider Man movie is is familiar. It's like seeing an old yeah. friend. You're you're comfortable with them, and I think with the DC movies, just in general, we're we're always on guard because we don't know what we're going to get. Mm. And I, I think we're conditioned to expect the worst now. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's it, what
2: it is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I, I knew going in that Wonder Woman was already going to be better, like, even without seeing it. Even, yeah. even before it came out, before all the good reviews came in, I had a feeling it was already going to be better than what we had seen because after seeing Batman v Superman and suicide squad, the only place to go was up.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: So yeah, I, I I just feel like it was, um, yeah, it was going to be good no matter what, but it just, it, you know, in comparison to the other DC movies, but it actually, yes, it was a good movie. Like I said, I just felt like, for me personally, the it 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 wasn't it didn't feel as balanced to me as I I, you know as I I think it could have been.
2: Yeah, I thought it like uh, let's see, like they they started out at a good place, like they you know they they gave her like a good origin, you Mm -hmm. know, um and. You know, and it was different than the comics a little bit, but I bought – I was like, I'm buying into this. And then um, – let's see. I thought that, like, where you – like, it, when they were in London and it seemed like the plot was getting slow, I thought was – and I'm going to use this word. It was delightful.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, will, because, I, will, I will concede that – no, I, I, there were parts of it I, I enjoyed because you had the whole fish out of water angle. Where
2: exactly. Be- and like, she was like, she was like a cat. Like, she was like, what's this? What, you know, what does this do? What is this? And it was like, mm-hmm. great. And he's basically trying to steer her without, you know, and it made it really like, more like a classic romance, you know, like a, like a, a movie you would have seen in the like the 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they were kind of finding their romance and, you know, just by being... Kind of cute with each other, and um, and but she was like, you know, an unstoppable force, and and he, he, all he could do was try to point her in the right direction, but you know, there were parts where, like, when they were like, oh, we're gonna, um, you know, we're in this, you know, in the, oh, I forget what they call that now. It's World War One, but it's like a, you know, it was the wastelands, you know. Were they? Oh,
1: the uh, she, uh, no uh, no man's land.
2: No man's land. Yeah, she was like, "No, I'm just going through that."
1: Oh, that was you great and it when was, she when uh, she kind of just like went up that ladder, and just
2: she had the hero her pose, the Yeah,
1: yeah. She, she kind of rallied the troops.
2: Yep, turned the whole tide. I mean, I was feeling it. I was like, "This yeah. is this is powerful
1: stuff, right here." Yeah. And I, then. Oh yeah. Um, well, when, when when they go into the town and they're fighting and she's like flipping tanks and yeah, I see, I wish we had seen more battle scene like more maybe like more of a montage of her in World see Oh I, yeah,
2: kind of like how Cap was where they had some montages.
1: Yeah, see, I I guess yeah. going in, I thought this was going to be her just fighting in World War One, not necessarily like there was a specific mission. Yeah, because you know there was obviously like a specific mission they were on to stop the 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 Germans and Dr. Poison and um, yeah. but yeah i i, I think um, i would have liked to have seen more maybe a, a little bit more of her like in battle
2: yeah i like the um i like the reveal of Ares. um i did suspect him at some part of the movie you know, when he kinda of pulled her aside and took note of something that I was like, Okay, what's his deal? You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: why did he why did he say that, you know? Like there's something right. off with this guy. And um he you know, and then um the big the big boss battle fight at the end, a lot of people complained about that, but I I was like, What do you want? It's a you know, it's a superhero movie, you know? Um you know, for any of them, it's, it's the Iron Man formula, you know, where he fights uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges, you know, and it starts from there. And they, everybody knows that that's how you wrap up a superhero movie. And, um, you know, most of the time, anyway, where Guardians likes to do some anticlimactic kind of stuff, too. But, uh, <laughs> you know, with dancing. <laughs> but it, um
1: well, see, and and, and, yeah, and that worked because they they turned the formula on its head, right? You know, right? It worked they, because they, of that movie. Yeah, it, I I don't think anyone, any other character or movie could have done that except Guardians. Like they, they right. they, they took every expectation and flipped it,
2: right? And um, I think what else about Wonder Woman? Um, oh my other my other assessment is like why. Why too? I'm like this is a great movie, um, but at the same time, you know where you were not as excited about it. And I can understand that. It's because that's the first DC movie that I feel rose up to the level that Marvel's been getting giving us. Mm-hmm. So like Marvel, Marvel's always turning in an A paper, you know, A plus, A you know, or A minus A papers, and uh, this is the first one from DC where they're like. And, you know, it's kind of, it is kind of surprising, but at the same time, you're like, is this really an A? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I and,
1: guess if, but, if, you're, if, you, if I, you're grading it on a curve, <laughs> it is. Yeah. But, like, stepping back,
2: from, I'm like, this is an A. Like, I like the, um, I like the, uh, um, yeah, gal and, um, I forget his name, Kirk. Oh, Chris Pine. <laughs> Chris Pine. I, I forgot one of the Chris's. Um, but you know, like their, their, um, banner and, you know, they fed off of each other, you mm-hmm. know, as in the leading, you know, and ultimately though, I did, I was like, this is Wonder Woman's movie. I didn't feel like Chris Pine stole it. Like a lot of people had
1: said. Well, um, I think if, if Gal Gadot had been a lesser actress or like a lesser, yeah. had lesser screen presence yes, he would have stolen the movie as it He would it have,
0: because... She, yeah. yeah,
1: but, but Gal- I mean, anytime she showed up, I mean, you just couldn't help but be drawn to her. Because right. she, was, she has such presence on the screen. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Like, it's like, they put, they put Chris Pine in there almost as, like, a, like, he's like the moon, you know, and she's the sun, you know, like, to get mm-hmm. all athletic. But, uh, but like, if he's bright, she's brighter, you know. Like, yeah. And and it worked, you know. Where let's
1: let's find the two most beautiful people on the planet and yeah. put them in the movie together.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so I, I yeah, I, I thought it was uh, very well made. Very, and I, I also like the period piece, and I like that it was an, or, you know, the origin was done right. And I even like that they tied it into, oh, I know what the other thing was. The, um, you know, pointing back towards Batman, the Superman. Um, when she fought Doomsday, like watching her fight Ares at the end of this movie, credits her to fight Doomsday. You know, like she okay. fought a god on her first fight out like, in the world. She fought the, like, the god of war. So, like, when she faces off against Doomsday, it's, like, thinking back now, I'm, like, that makes sense. Like, she's, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is what I've, you know, I haven't had a fight like this in 60, 70 years or whatever it's been, or 80 years. <laughs> you yeah.
0: know,
2: like, no, that's true. she that's was excited. Point. So then I, I was, like, see, to me that, like, even though it was, like, maybe a, a cheesy boss battle, I thought that it lended to the, uh, the overall narrative Mm -hmm. Use a fancy (laughs) word. So anyway, that's my, uh, well,
1: I would would probably, if if I were going to equate it with like a Marvel movie, I would say, and I mean, and it seems kind of on the nose because they're practically the same movie in a sense. I would say they're it's, it's equal to, or, Greater than Captain America, the First Avenger.
2: Yeah, First Avenger. I agree. Yeah, and I. It's I probably on was,
1: par with that.
2: I still think that's one of the best Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I. That's why I'm holding Wonder Woman up that like that because it really did remind me of that one.
1: Yeah, and um, I think Wonder Woman's going to stand the test of time. It's, you know, it it, it was like, kind of their Iron Man, mm-hmm. in that it was it was a great standalone. Yeah. Origin and movie. Finally. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't have to know, um, Every sixty or year, seventy worthy. years worth of, yeah, <laughs> of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. You could just go in and enjoy. Like that's a movie that anyone could watch. And and that's what that's what Marvel's been doing from day one is they've been making accessible movies.
0: That yeah, you don't have to be a complete
1: true. like fanboy to enjoy. You can just go in and sit down and watch it. So and I think right. that's. That's a great strength of the Wonder Woman film.
2: Oh, and that actually, just to just to anger anybody that's like totally DC fan, but um, did <laughs> you see that it was actually a Marvel Comics writer that wrote Wonder Woman? And I can't I can't remember the guy's name offhand.
1: Really? Who?
2: Yes. Um, hold on, see if I can get it here.
1: I did not notice that or hear that.
2: I saw it at the end of the movie when they said who, you know, they said written by and it was um, Alan Heinberg. Oh
1: well, yeah. He well, you know, well, because he he did write some Wonder Woman too.
2: He did. He did, yeah. and it's good stuff too. But I was yeah. just like, oh, he wrote Marvel stuff, so that's why. No, yeah, that's true. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's my bias. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I like the DC stuff now, but you know, I was always a Marvel guy. But, uh, but yeah, yeah you, um, he wrote, uh, he wrote Young Avengers, I think. I, Maybe, believe, or,
1: I believe you're right.
2: Was that what it was? Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, I think he did. He wrote some Avengers Avengers vs. X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't find the rest.
1: And he was one of those people that he was a novelist. Young Avengers, yeah. Prior to doing uh, comics,
2: hmm Yeah, young Young Avengers was one of my favorite titles too. I think that's why yeah. the name stood out to me.
1: So. That was some good stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's like they got a they got a tried and true comic book writer. You know, not not to pick a camp, but I mean, this guy, you know, and it was like, yes, that's what you need. You know, like that is the that's exactly what you need is yep. to start out with someone that understands the characters. Yep. Not not a director that is really good at flashy scenes, but not good at content. Not saying any names, Zach. But, uh, yeah.
1: Cool.
0: So, anyway. <laughs> so,
1: now, um, on to something a little more recent. Speaking of, so, you know, you kind of brought up Marvel. Um, so you yeah. wanted to talk about what What did Marvel do over its summer vacation?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just something we were talking about last week that kind of – since it got lost, um, and it seems like it's still going to be a topic. But, you know, Marvel's just been doing a lot of backpedaling because they were trying to go with a um, – what do they call that? Um, more, you know, books that were more accessible to more, you know – to women to other you know um, ethnicities mm-hmm. you know like they're just trying to reach out and by and by doing that like it's like which is a good idea you know why not you got to you know they're expand doing your market.
1: They, they're they're trying to diversify basically
2: diversify that's the word but um yeah they were trying to reach out but basically now um because they They took a dump all over their original characters because they were like, like, well, now we have Ironheart, um, so we can't have an Iron Man. Like, he's out. He's in a, you know, he's in, like, near-death situation, and he's out of the commission. And then they have, you know, Amadeus Cho, who becomes the Hulk, and then they're like, Bruce Banner's dead, because we can't have the Hulk. You know, and then they brought out, you know, brought She-Hulk, and they're like, oh, she's, she's the Hulk. And it was like, you can't, Bruce Banner's gone. He, you know, it's almost like he's never, ever here. And then they're like, and Captain America is a Nazi. <laughs> and and then they're like, and Thor, he's not Thor anymore. It's a woman now.
1: And was like, unworthy.
2: Yeah, he's the unworthy. So you shouldn't even give him a title anymore. Like, don't, you know, which they did, but whatever. But like the whole thing is now they've experienced the backlash because all the old fans are like don't tell me you know, don't tell me who to like. Like I like my characters and you're telling me I should like these new characters and it's like I don't I don't want to. You know <laughs> just
0: mm-hmm.
2: like anybody would be like, I don't care if it you know <laughs> I don't want to eat porridge, you know, or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but uh so now they are trying it seems like they're trying to Correct that because from what we were talking about at work today, um, Brian had mentioned this, but he he was like basically the movie studio people were like, you know, like Disney or whoever is like, man, this movie stuff is awesome. Um, what are you guys working on in the comics? Because we need more ideas for the movies. And they're like, oh, you're gonna love this. It's it's all diversity now. And they're like, sounds great. And they're like, well, let's see the numbers. And the numbers are horrible. So then they're like, well, why isn't Iron Man in the Iron Man book anymore? I mean, he's our number one character. And they're like, uh, because diversity? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so now they're like, no, bring, they're like, bring them all back. Like, they're pretty much told Marvel, uh, stop that. You know, like, they're like, you can continue to have the new characters, but you can't. You can't get rid of the old characters, which is, I think, what we were talking about last week is that, and, and what I really feel they should have done in the first place is, is that they could have had them uh, work together. You know, they could have had Tony Stark and Ironheart, you know, um, she could have been learning from him, and then he would have been like, hey, I'm busy you do this mission, you know, and then the book kind of that, you know, that the that issue of the book is about her, and then like it comes back to whatever Tony's doing, and you know they do it in like a tandem kind of thing until the audience is willing to have two people in suits, which they have before, so, but that's what I I don't know, it, or you know, or like have have the Bruce Banner and and Amadeus Cho run together, but instead they were like, they immediately started Cho's book with banners Gone. You know, just, what?
0: It's
2: like, what, where did he go? And they're like, oh, you have to read till issue five to find out that he's not in the book now.
1: And it's like, what?
2: <laughs> you know, now, it's jarring.
1: So, it, is that what they're trying to do, do with, I, I haven't read any of these yet. Um, the, these generations one shots. Yeah, is that what they're trying to yeah, do? They're, like they're trying to bridge the gap between the current yeah. legacy character and like the original legacy character.
2: I think that's the first step to them trying to right the ship because they got in trouble. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that that was their first step towards um, recognizing the the old characters, and and I think. This is what Colin had told me, because I didn't really read the books myself, um, but they um, are meant to teach the younger, you know, new generation about the older character. So so Cho experiences Bruce Banner as, a, you know, he's like, this isn't a blessing, it's a curse. where Cho looks at it as a blessing. Oh, he thinks it's awesome. Oh yeah, he's totally awesome Hulk. But, yeah, or,
1: say, he has the title, Totally Awesome Hulk.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's his yeah, those are his words. You know, he thinks that. Um But Bruce is like, No, it's awful. You know, and like so with that with that one shot issue, now Amadeus understands that. Like he not that he's gonna become that, but he understands his predecessor. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's what they're trying to do with the, all the books—is to have that, uh, well, so that they can compare. And it's something they could have just done in the regular issues. That's what bugs me about it, I guess. You know, well, that's it, stuff it, that could have developed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems to me like, and the other thing that they're doing to see to try and, you know, um, mend relations with the uh, with older readers is returning to all the book's original numbering. Yep.
2: Yeah, yep. That's the other thing. That's the other mending fences with the old readers. Um,
1: is, yeah, Which, I, you know, the the old nerd in me is kind of happy to see that. Yeah. You know, e- even though I'm never going to go back and, you know, the, the, there isn't any one title that I collect that I would be like, oh, now I have to go back and fill all these holes from all these different series that I didn't collect from Captain America or Iron Man or whatever. But um, that it, it kind of makes me feel good to know that they're recognizing these characters and their books and their longevity, that they've been, you know, that Captain America has been going for 672 issues or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think the, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I thought they never should have left the numbering because I I think it's just bragging rights when you're like, you know, yeah, it's Thor issue 870, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, and you think about, like, oh, my God, this title's been around for this, you know, if you divide by 12, it's been around this long, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's exciting. Um yeah. Like Savage Dragon. Savage dragons still doing numbering, you know, unchanged, and so is spawn, and it's it's cool. I like it,
1: and mark. I know I th- because it 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 means something. Yeah, you know, it's a it, it's a mark of, I think, hard work and progress, and you know, all those things, dedication and building something, you know.
2: Yeah, and instead of chasing down, like I think, because a lot of it's there's probably two two things I could think why. They would do the renumbering. So obviously, they get a bump in sales whenever they have a number one, um, which that's just, yeah, that's a business reason. Um, and then, what's my other reason? No, I can't remember. <laughs> um, why would they do a number one? <laughs> I forget. Anyway.
1: Well, what did you say? I mean, to um, bring bring new people in and like a jumping off. point? No,
2: that's and... what that that is why because because people they're like, oh, well, hey, it's a great jumping on point with issue one. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: but I never needed that as a as a reader. Like mm-hmm. when I started reading comics, you know, X Men was I can't even think of what issue it was on, but it was like two hundred and forty four, I think. But it didn't matter to me when it started. You know, and Daredevil was the same way. Spider-Man. Like, I didn't... Or even, like, um...
1: Yeah, you just picked up comics comic because... Yeah. Yeah. You, just you didn't look at the because number. You, because you liked them. I mean, yeah, same thing. Like, I picked up, like, my first comic was Uncanny X-Men 207. And yeah, I had no idea what was going on. But But from that issue, you know, I kept going and I, and it's like you learn and you, you talk to other people that, you know, I mean, we, I I feel like this was kind of a good thing. Like, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have Wikipedia, we couldn't go back and see, read about what came before. But I, I think that made us more open to trying new, new books because we didn't have that safety net to fall back on. Like, yeah. Like now, if, if you, are interested in a comic you can just google it and if it you know yeah. if it sounds good great if not you're like oh well i'm not even going to try that because it it sounds like it sucks yeah but,
2: and... but maybe
1: it doesn't and or maybe you'll discover you know maybe the issue is not great like the art's not great but you like the writer or vice versa maybe the story sucks but you love the artist and you start following that artist you know there's right. there's lots of reasons
2: to you would just hop over
1: But it never needed –
2: yeah, you never needed a number one to tell you to do that. just, You would just do it instinctively like, you know, yeah, like Sam Keith. Oh, Sam Keith is drawing Marvel Comics Presents. I'm buying that. Mm. I don't know what's – you know, what is it? Oh, it's like a book with four different stories in it. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I'll just keep buying that. You know, like I didn't need – I didn't need to buy issue one. I just bought the ones that had Sam Keith. And then, like, oh. the other stories that may have been 26 issues long, I would just decide I'd either read them or I would go back and buy some back issues, which made it fun. It made it great for the retailers, too. Yeah, and like, and, and,
1: and, and there was always that kind of crossover, like, you know, you'd be reading, say you're reading a Spider-Man comic, and in the background, Spider-Man, or, you know, Spider-Man sees Thor flying off, and... Yeah, and he thinks, oh, I wonder where Thor's going, and then, and then in the editor's note to see what where Thor's going, <laughs> yeah. check out Thor number three seventy four, and <laughs> you know sometimes that you're like, oh, I think I will check that out. Yeah, and you know, there's was yeah, it's just it it was just fun to make those connections and to learn what you liked and what you didn't like on your own. Yeah. And they never
2: had to tell you. Like, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but it didn't. It seemed like they didn't have to tell you that. Um, don't read next issue until you read this other issue of this other book. Like,
1: yeah, that never really happened back in the day.
2: No, but like nowadays, like um, with Secret Empire, that was like you have to read the next issue of Thor before you read the next issue of Secret
1: Empire or whatever. Oh yeah. and I was like, I'm like so I'm not many... doing that. <laughs> so many events now yeah. are you know, the 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 story is contingent on you reading a a, a designated order of events or, or order of issues that's not necessarily yeah. numerical. It's it's whatever the company decides, this is how yeah. we're gonna put this story out. And yeah. if you're only getting you know, there there have been a lot of events where Like I'm only interested in the main event book, and I'll miss chunks. You know, this reminds me of uh, what was um, Spider Verse a couple years ago. I think you, being Jared, we were all reading Spider Verse, and I was only getting like the main Spider Verse issues. But I think you guys were getting like more. You guys were reading more than I was, and I. I think we were talking about a Spider Verse issue, and I said something like, "Well, I don't even understand this or who this guy was." And what you or Jared, were like, "Oh, well, you had to read, you know, this Spider book in order to know who that guy is, who is yeah. like very important to the story." I'm like, "Oh, well, well, that's great, <laughs> you know." So yeah. that kind of puts a damper on on your reading enjoyment because it's like. If if you can't trust what you're reading, then you're you're not gonna you're not gonna want to invest in it. You're not gonna want right. to invest in it either, like by buying it, or you're not gonna want to invest your your personal feelings, like your enjoyment of it. You're, right. You might just flip through and be like, "Well, I just wanted to buy this issue, so I'd have the whole set." Yeah, and that's where it ends. <laughs> so it's like, are you <laughs> at that point? Are you buying it to enjoy it, or buying it 'cause you already bought the first three issues and you want to have all eight or nine or ten or whatever,
0: yeah, yeah, frustrating,
2: uh, yeah, so anyway, um hopefully marvel um, you know finds their way back to you know some sensible yeah
1: way to do I, things, yeah, you know hopefully they they take a cue from from their distinguished competition, yeah and um just start having fun again the way DC is i mean dc seems like they're having the time of their life
2: dc is yeah they're having a blast tonight honestly i feel like i you know as a marvel you know being a marvel fan first in my life you know but i feel that that metal story is is something that marvel should have come up with you know mm-hmm. like but dc came up with it and it's like this is awesome so you know and um. You know, and that's what Scott Snyder, the, the good Snyder.
1: Um, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> <laughs> but, the, uh, the, the Snyder that works for DC that we actually like.
2: Yeah, the one that
1: writes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the one that, like, blows shit up in slow motion. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess uh, okay. moving on, uh, I guess we can actually talk about some comics. What do
2: you think? We haven't talked about what? <laughs> Some actual we'll comics. Yeah, let's talk
1: about specific comics. Um, yeah. Very specific comics. Yeah. Um, well, I'll I'll go first, I guess. So, I read. Uh, it's it's been a while since I have read any anything from Valiant, and I. I I really liked Valiant, but I feel like I've dropped off significantly um, over the past couple of years, like to the point where the only book I was keeping up with was um, Ninjak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I read the uh, first issue of a book called War War, War Mother. Every time I say War War Mother, Mother. I I, I feel like I'm saying warm weather. (laughs) <laughs> but it's, wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's totally the same War, thing. War Mother. It's War Mother, not Weather. Um <laughs> So War Mother, number one, uh, by Fred Van Lente and Steven Segovia, with this crazy awesome cover by David Mack, believe it or not. Oh, nice. I feel like I haven't seen David Mack in a long time. No. And I'm not, I'm actually not a huge fan. I mean, I like David Max stuff okay. I don't, I don't go gaga over it like a lot of people right. do. But, <laughs> right, I thought this cover was was really good. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the War Mother takes place, I guess, in the far flung future. Um, a couple years ago, Valiant had this event called 4001 AD. I think. Um, I didn't read it, but it's this. It was this future event. And, and, and like I said, I didn't read it, so I know nothing about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I,
1: I guess this uh, book, The War Mother, takes place in that valiant future. And I didn't really know that going in. Um, huh. I, yeah, really didn't know anything about this book. There's a, there's a short recap on the first page that, uh, this woman named anna aka war mother is mm-hmm. the protector of this um, community called the grove and she's kind of like the, the the head warrior and like the, the chief resource collector for the city and and she's kind of she's she's the one that gets it done she's the physical person like she's you know she she does all the fighting and whatever. Um yeah. and I guess in the four thousand eight four thousand one A D storyline, um, she butted heads with the community's ruler and there was a conflict and she actually killed this this ruler and you th- you know, you think everything's gonna be great, but it turns out that um, this leader that she killed was actually very uh, integral in keeping the community together as far as like keeping it fed and keeping it happy. And so now she's in this, she's in this position of not only having to still be the the protector of these people, but also be a leader and having to answer for things that she doesn't know how to answer to. Because I mean, really all she knows is, you know, she knows fighting, she knows tactics, she knows weapons. Um, And she, you know, she knows how to protect people, but as far as, you know, how to feed um, a group of people, families, children, et cetera, you know, how to keep them happy and fed and productive, um, it's all new to her. So this was, this was kind of interesting. And, um, you know, and she goes on this, there's, um, there's uh, kind of this rumor, almost like a urban myth of this um, this structure far off past the jungle where they live that is supposed to have, you know, be safe and have resources and food. So she goes to, you know, the, the, the people just want to, like, mass exodus, and they're like, screw this, we're out of here. You know, it's got to be better than, than it is now. And you know, she says, "I'll go first and let you know." And it, it goes on from there. I don't want to spoil it too much because it was actually yeah. a pretty good first issue. I, I think it's it's well worth reading. Um, it's some pretty good. It's some pretty good sci-fi. It's, um, really? it's not like hard sci-fi. It's more like a. Um, I hesitate to say post-apocalyptic, but it's like it's it's far enough into the future where it's like there are. You can tell it's structures from previous, like, it's old buildings that are kind of grown over and kind of rotting and falling apart. But yeah. you can tell that at one point it was like an office building or an apartment building or a mall. Um, uh, so okay. it's so far into the future that the cities are, are now jungles or are, are now grown over. Nice. You know, so – and there's, and there's you know, different levels of threats that have grown along with, you know, just the nature there's, so there's, there's different threats that, you know, we wouldn't be used to or the people wouldn't be used to. Um, So, uh, you know, kind of going back to talking about jumping into a a book without really knowing its backstory, I feel like War Mother number one uh, hits that because like I said, it, I, I um I think the bulk of this back, this backstory was told in the four thousand one a d event which I didn't read but I was still able to pick this up, read it, and enjoy it and still glean enough information from the writing and from the from the script and the dialogue to understand what was going on so, nice okay yeah i I'd suggest trying it if you know if you're interested in um, something different, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, sci-fi, and uh, yeah. And it, and it really doesn't happen. Like, as far as I can tell, it's it's you know Valiant, but I don't think there are any ties. At least in this first issue, there's like zero ties to anything else oh, yeah. Valiant.
2: So you can just read it.
1: Yeah. So you can it. read it without, yeah, without knowing anything else about any Valiant stuff.
2: Nice. Wow, we'll have to look for it now. Yeah, so it just came out. Like, a... um,
1: I think it came out maybe last week, maybe two weeks ago. Okay, but but not not longer than two weeks. Nice. Yeah, and the the, right. the, the the art. I think you would really like the art. The art's really nice.
2: Oh dang it! <laughs> why you got, Why why you always gotta upsell me on this stuff? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ching, ching,
2: ching. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't buy enough already. <laughs> oh, I was just looking real quick, but yeah, it was one of the free comic book day comics as well. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, there it is. Okay,
2: little David Mack. All right. Yeah, you see the see the cover?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally random. I don't know if you can hear that at all, but uh, somewhere, some someone outside of my house in my neighborhood is shooting off fireworks.
2: Oh, is that what that is?
1: Because <laughs> that because that happens in early September.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Goofy people. Fireworks. Yeah. Because why not?
2: Yeah. Maybe it's uh. Special Night at Kennywood and... No, I don't know. They're <laughs> not at Kennywood, though. Um, all right, so let's see. I... As you know, I read a lot of Star Wars books. What? Yeah. That's, since when?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, since when? Um, oh, man, which one should I talk about? I got to talk about the new issue of the main title, Star Wars, number okay. 35. Um, and the cover, right off the bat, is very eye-catching. Um, but this is Star Wars um, in the era between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. and um, But the cover is Han and Chewie um, escorting what looks like Jabba the Hutt by a chain. Um, like a really... Like this cover just jumps out at me. I don't know why, but I think... Well, I do know why. I think it's because um, Salvador La- La Roca is the mm-hmm. artist on this book. And um, Jason Aaron is writing it. I mean, it's just been... It's been a solid run in general. But uh, uh, Salvador's um, uh, version of Han Solo is so screen accurate that it actually takes me out of the book. Like, it is... Like, the way he illustrates Han Solo's face and expressions are so realistic that the rest of the page falls apart to me. Even though it's excellently... It's expertly drawn and excellent in every panel and everything Mm -hmm. is well-drawn. It's just that when he draws... Harrison Ford, he draws Harrison Ford.
1: I've, um, I've actually heard that criticism. Of, it's like, man. Yeah.
2: It's just like crazy how, and like in the same panel, like, um. all right, so it's not Jabba, but they have to basically transport another hut on the Falcon. And Han doesn't want to do it, but it's for the Rebellion, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, but he agrees yeah. to it.
1: I'm 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 looking at the preview pages on on Marvel.com, and it's like, oh yeah, these are, yeah. I mean, those, just yeah, looking those at are looking are like, Han. like light light boxed.
2: It's great, like the way they colored it as well. Like it's mm-hmm. you know like the tonal values on on his face are just like crazy good, and then and then you look at the back, and there's this hut who looks like a flat, two-dimensional character in comparison, mm-hmm. um, even though it's well-drawn,
1: you know. Because you know they, they even got his uh, chin scar?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they went... It, it's it's weird. Um, but I, I still dug it, but I was just like, my God, like the one... There's one scene halfway through the book where he is... Uh, He's grinning, and it's kind of like one of his faces that he throws in Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, man, know, oh man! But uh, so uh, but like getting away from that, um, just taking this book for what it is, like it's it's actually a a self-contained issue. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a special mission that um, Mon Mothma. Picks Han to transport um, this this hut to a, a new prison for the rebellion, and he doesn't want to do it, but then he eventually agrees to it. Um, of course, the, the, as the huts do, they, he tries to bargain, he tries to make deals with with uh, Han, and the twist at the end of the book is that Han actually was playing him the whole time. Like, you know, like black widow style. Um, he, he gives up this hut gives up his safe house when he thinks that he has control of the Falcon. He's like set the course for this planet. And then Han's like, I think we got all we need here. And then, um, you know, meanwhile had a booby trap set, you know, on the, on the hut the whole time. And, uh, he's like, he goes, we, we knew you would never give up, you know, your intel to us. So he's like, so I played you to, to give it up, you know, by letting you think you had the upper hand. And, uh, and then, you know, so then he just zaps his hut a few more times because he's Han Solo and he's like, yeah. He's like, so he's like, so we'll go back to base now, and uh, they got what they needed, and it was like, uh, it was like a a showcase of uh, Han Solo the the scoundrel, mm-hmm. and uh, Han Solo the rebellion hero, you know, and like where and like it was well placed in his his timeline as well as a, uh, um, yeah, as a hero and a and not sure if he's all-in for the rebellion. Um, And they allude to his uh, interest in Leia, which is kind of funny. Um, Even Mon Mothma throws it in there. Um, Mm -hmm. Because Gracchus is the the hut, but she's like, Gracchus could help us end this war, and the sooner we end it, the sooner we will all be safer, smugglers and princesses alike. And he's like, what's that supposed to mean? It means Uh we need your help she's like, he's like, yeah, but why did you say, and then she just cuts him off. And, uh, and then uh, at the end of the book, he's like, he's like, why do I stick around? <laughs> yeah. he, he's like, I, you know, when I could be, out, you know, away from this whole thing, you know, can't be the money that keeps me hanging around. The pay is terrible, you know, and, uh, and I don't really believe in causes he's like but there's something that keeps me around these rebels and then he's like maybe because I'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> he goes definitely no other explanation. but it was almost like he's like yeah maybe I'm interested in you know um you know the the rebellion's like family to him so um but i th- oh, I, was, I thought it was really well drawn well written and well drawn book so
1: Cool. I mean, it, it it does sound like a good story. I mean, I, I would kind of want to read it despite all the...
2: Uh, <laughs> all the, the... ultra-realistic on, on photos. Yeah. <laughs> and they've done that before in the book where um, certain issues of the book are just like, my God, what? Did, how did you... You know, it's like, did you just Photoshop their face into this panel? Like, what, you know... And like the rest of the panel looks flat in comparison. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I yeah, think, but... though, I, I was going to say, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, um, John Tyler Christopher's art. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does all the action figure covers that you see for Marvel.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he does that realistic, he does really good realistic portraits. And, um, I think that Salvador could be that next guy. I think that's. I actually think that's why he's doing it, just to be like, "Look how real I can make people look." <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, like, give me one of those cush jobs where I'm doing covers all the time instead of, you know, grunt work. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't I mean, know.
1: Well, it's funny if you you know if you if if you look back at his the the evolution of his style, you know, uh, from. From the '90s, like the late '90s through the 2000s to now, I mean, it's it, it's like a, just a complete 180.
2: Yeah, yeah, to...
1: Like I remember he did. I feel like one of the first things I saw him in. He did the he did the Bishop miniseries. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was him.
2: And um, yeah, I think you're right. He did some X Men stuff back. Wow, yeah, it is different.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of X ex- Men. Like, I think he he did um, Extreme X Men. I think when that started, I think he was either he started it or he mm-hmm. was on it at some point. But you know, he had a very traditional style. Yeah, for, you know, for comics, and now it's it's definitely more of a. I, I don't know if it's you know the and, and, you know he's he's probably doing a lot more digital, like everyone. Oh, it could
2: is. be that too. Yeah.
1: But I I wonder if he's just leaning on that more. I mean, I'm sure he's doing some traditional pencils. But, I I mean, he's got to be really just doing the rest, like, probably 90% digitally.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's done – wow, he's done so much work. Yeah. Um, He's one of those guys, like, you you know, yeah, he – you see his name all over, but it, for some reason it doesn't jump out all the time. You know, it's just. Um, but then, like, you go back and look, and you're like, my God, he's been everywhere. You know, he's been on every, you know, so many different books.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, he's no. I mean, he he's no slouch, he's a he's a terrific veteran of, the craft, yeah. or of, of the medium. But, yeah, I mean, his and you know, people's styles change. Yeah, no doubt. His I think has probably been one of the most dramatic uh, mm-hmm. flips. Like like I said, if you if you go back to his work from the late '90s compared to, it, to now, like basically it, go back 20 years, it's it was,
2: uh, it, it, it's like more poppy back then.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know more, yeah, more of a exaggerated, yeah, in was, a way. It was, you know, it's still it was perfectly drawn, finance. but. It's, You know,
1: that's like when like Joe Mad was was doing X Men and so there was you know, people were starting to get that manga influence. Um and not saying he had a manga style, but you know, he had a very but I I think that was kind of the Marvel house style for a while, and I think he was definitely in the
2: nineties. Yeah. He you know, his his
1: style was definitely leaned towards the house style that was very predominant at Marvel. in those days. Kind of like for how, like for a long time, everyone had a like, um, like uh, a lot of artists had that soft look like um, Adam Hughes, Stuart Eminem and Terry mm-hmm. Dodson. Like they all, had, Oh yeah. They all looked very much alike. You know, if you look at yeah. like Stuart Eminem's stuff, when he was doing stuff for DC, like doing a lot of Superman, it, it, all, it really could have been mistaken for Adam Hughes and and right. vice versa. Like they were, you know, there was that, just that style.
0: Right. Huh. Man. Uh,
1: but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm cool probably going to check that out. That sounds like, that sounds like just a, you know, a fun. It's
2: a nice, it yeah. It's a nice one off. You don't have to know what else is going on. You know, they set it up pretty nicely at the beginning. Like, it, Hey, it's a special mission. For Han, you know, Mm -hmm. and Chewie, and um, that's pretty much all you need. (laughs) So, um, they just just recently they they've been doing a lot. Like it seems like they're doing a story arc where it's all like let's just feature a character every month. Okay, it's been nice, like for for that. Next month, like.
1: Oh, go ahead. Next month is uh,
2: next. Next month is uh, R2D2 on a rescue mission.
1: Huh. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be bonkers. So,
1: so r- <laughs> real quick, I'm just curious. Um, with
2: yeah.
1: with the uh, different characters, like single issue characters, are they rotating artists, or is it all Salvador LaRocca?
2: Um. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think they did rotate some car- some of the artists on it. Um, I think Salvador's on the next book, though, with R2. Um, it looks like he's carrying over. But I think because they had, they just, had just recently done a crossover called The Screaming Citadel. Mm-hmm. And I think that there may have been a fill-in issue or something there just for, uh, you know, because I think he was working on uh, the st- – on that as well, the Screaming Citadel had like a a single issue, and then you read um, Doctor Aphra and Star Wars together, like to to get the whole story about it. So they might have gave given old Sal a a break on one of those. So okay, that, I'd have to look. But, uh, yeah, offhand, I don't remember.
0: All right. Yeah. So anyway.
1: Well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back down to earth for <laughs> uh for a few minutes. I'm gonna talk about Hi Fi Fight Club number one. And this Ooh. is from um Boom Studios well the it's their Boom Box imprint, which I believe the the Boom Box imprint might skew a little younger, like younger readers, but but I didn't feel like this book was, you know, like I didn't feel dumb for reading. I'm like, oh, this is for kids. Like this was, this was a, a, a nice story. Um, well, to start with, let me ask you: Do you remember yeah. a movie from the, I guess, the mid to late '90s called Empire Records?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't think I ever saw it though.
1: Okay, but you so. but you are familiar with yeah this movie in a in a vague sense, and it was a movie about the, this uh, kind of cast of characters who worked at this uh, record store. Yeah. It was wacky, you know, wacky hijinks and... Oh, yeah. ...love story and all this stuff. and Okay, so so for people out there who who are a little more familiar with Empire Records, um, so Hi-Fi Fight Club takes place in the late late 90s, and it's, um, surrounding this small cast of characters, uh, these girls that work in a record shop, and it's it's very reminiscent of Empire Records. It's almost like what if Empire, what if the the, the uh, staff of Empire Records was a um, a group of um, Teen girl vigilantes, <laughs> but <laughs> the funny thing is, you don't find this out until the very, very end. Now, I, I know the, you know, the the name of the book, High Flight Fight Club. You're expecting, you know, you're expecting some some fisticuffs. Um, yeah. This this book is actually for the most part for let's see the first. Um. let's see first 20 pages or so is mm-hmm. it's almost like a slice of life story or like just a real life story. It's this it's told from the uh, point of view of the newest employee. Her name is Chris and she's working at this record store called Vinyl Mayhem and you're introduced to the other girl she works with and you know, and everyones you know, and, and, and everyone's characters, I think are, pretty well fleshed out for, for it being a first issue and the art is the art's really nice. It, it's definitely like a manga influence um, mm-hmm. but it's like the, not the action manga more like just the daily life, you know slice of life type yeah, of, slice of, of manga. Life. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I mean it's just really nice looking art. Um, and that's not even something I'm normally drawn to but I really found myself enjoying this, and they are—you don't find out about the <clears throat> the high-fi Fight Club until the very end when a band who's supposed to do an in-store appearance shows up, and they're like, "Yeah, our lead singer, she went missing. We don't know what happened to her," and the girls jump into action, um, complete with. There's there's a jukebox in the back room that leads that it like opens up and there's a stairwell that leads down into the basement. It's <laughs> like a like a secret passage. And yeah. the new girls like, what is going on? And it, it, you know, and they all strike a pose and they're like, you know, we're a secret teen girl vigilante fight club.
0: And <laughs> that's where it ends. <laughs> um, oh geez. Okay.
1: And so yeah, so we don't actually see. You know, we don't know if they're, you know, if they wear certain things, if they're in costume, if they have code names, if they're – or what the what the deal is. Like, how, how are they vigilantes? Um, because there's, like, nothing about that part of the story has – was even hinted at or fleshed out until, like I said, the last couple pages of the book. <laughs> um, but it was it, – it, it's a really cute story, and I, I really enjoyed it. I would say say the only thing that um, I I was like I don't know that it necessarily had to be set in the nineties because it, I don't or at least I don't feel like they took advantage of it or because it was not set in like our nineties. It was like this fictional nineties where yeah. all the music and pop stars are people that they're just made up. I mean if they yeah. if they had made it more like oh, I just got the new whatever, whoever was popular in the late 90s, like Nine Inch Nails or the new Jewel or yeah. the new Hootie and the Blowfish or, you know what I mean, like yeah. stupid stuff like that. Um, they didn't really take advantage of the fact that they were in the 90s. Now, I worked in a record store in the 90s, yeah, and that was a glorious time. It was gloriously awesome and also simultaneously gloriously bad.
2: Honestly <laughs> – I, I I myself have been listening to um, '90s alternative rock on Spotify for about the last month and a half. Yeah.
1: Oh no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like
2: that's what I'm into right now.
1: For for a good probably <laughs> five to ten years, I really couldn't listen to any '90s music. But yeah. Now I've come around. Like I'm I'm into it. I, yeah, same thing. Like I've got '90s channels programmed on Spotify and and Pandora, yeah. and yeah, yeah and I'm I'm into it. I'm like, give me the '90s alternative, give me the '90s hip right. hop, give me the '90s pop. I can handle it.
0: Right, I
1: couldn't handle it for a long time, um, but now, I'm, like I said, I I've, I've kind of come out of my PTSD. Yeah,
0: um,
1: <laughs> but you know, and so they didn't really take advantage of the fact they like said that they were in the '90s. Or any kind of pop cultural references or like the fashion, like everyone, like everyone in this book, they pretty much look like they could be, it it, it was almost kind of timeless. Like the fashion, Mm. like I didn't like, I I feel like this book has taken place in almost any, any era. Yeah. So again, they didn't really, I don't think they took advantage of the fact they were in the nineties. Like, there were some crazy fashions in the 90s, and they really should have done more with that. I think that would have...
2: They make, think, uh, they... Just If you go out to Boom Studios to their uh, their comic page for the book, mm-hmm. um, they make no uh, apologies. They're like Equal Parts, Empire Records, and the babysitters Club.
0: Okay, um, there you go.
2: With uh, a little Debs... Pilgrim and Lumberjanes in there as well, um, and then and then actually um, one of the variant covers, and you'll like this. One of the variant covers by Brooke Allen, um, artist for Lumberjanes, is an homage to the Empire Records cup, uh, poster. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, that's yep.
1: awesome. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this was this was a, a, a very just, a, a, just a, a fun, light book. It was, you know, if you're looking for something that's just, you know, doesn't take itself too seriously, it's just kind of fun. Um, I think it's got, you know, there's probably more potential for, uh, for some more actual, you know, ass-kicking down the road. There wasn't anything yeah. like that in this first issue at all. Okay. So there is no fight in Hi-Fi Fight Club number one. But I believe there will be in further issues, so
2: But there is hi fi. No, I don't There's know. There's definitely high fi. Just <laughs> no
1: fight. And they are a club. So there you go.
2: So come come for the hi fi, stay for the fight. <laughs> yeah. <no>. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um yeah. Well, um, hmm. Yeah, you know what? I haven't talked about Walking Dead in months. I could talk about Walking Dead. Maybe. Yeah, do for it a for a minute or two. Um, uh, Colin, uh, first of all, Colin actually um, let me in on something. There's a variant cover this month, and uh, it's it's an awesome cover. I had to buy it. Um, variant by Lorenzo Di Felici. Felici? Um, but the uh, secret to this cover, and you'll, you'll want to check this out too if you have the means, um, but basically it's a greenish cover. Um, and it looks like, um, I will say it's Rick basically walking through a mess of zombies down, you know, just walking down the road. They don't appear to be Attacking him, he's just kind of making his way through. And it's just mm-hmm. one of those images that, you know, I think this artist just decided, hey, this would be cool. You know, like it isn't relevant to the story or anything like that. Um, but it, down in the bottom right hand corner, um, there's a blue signature up for the artist. And what Colin had told me is there is a pink signature variant cover. And if, and I don't know if this is true. I've verified this, but this is what he read. Um, the pink signature one, which is extremely limited, has seven additional pages of comic in it.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, and I'm like,
0: okay,
1: really? Yeah, like what? what? Scott, what what <laughs> issue? What issue number is that?
2: Uh, Walking Dead issue 171. And it's called Fear the Princess.
0: One, seven, one. Holy crap.
2: Yeah. Well, I felt that was – I felt that – I'm like, that's, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, yeah, the variant cover. Let's see if I can pull
1: that. Oh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking yeah, at the pink, it. Yeah,
2: the pink – yeah, it's I'm bleeding cool, actually. I have an article about it, so that's where it's from.
1: I see. Um, the, the one I'm looking at has the, the blue signature, but I – no, I, I – I agree. That's a really cool, cool looking cover.
2: Oh, uh, it's a great look. I was like, I, I am gonna have to get that one. You know, um, yeah, and that's the truth. Yeah, there's uh, seven extra pages from issue oh from issue 172 are included in 171. I, I guess so. They move seven pages, so you'll read it next month, or if you get the variant, you can read it now. Um, oh, okay. the book is
1: already, found... yeah, just... already
2: over a hundred bucks.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. That's even more. I I, I found it. it um, maybe this was old. I found it says, uh, yeah, walking dead with pink signature cells for $40 on eBay.
2: Right. And they keep, yeah, actually this article um, posted, yeah, September 7th. It says uh, the latest amount is a hundred dollars. So,
0: Whoa.
2: yeah. So it's a, uh, so I guess that's what it is. is you get a, you basically get to read next month's book in this issue if you find that variant cover um, with the paint signature. Um, so that's that's a relief in a way because I was like, well, what if they? You know, I don't like to miss any of it. You know, and if if they were like, you only the only way you can read this <laughs> is like that, that would suck.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, at, at least it's it's content that you will get eventually. It's not like Original content, like, oh, this is the only place you'll find this, like,
2: the yeah. secret
1: origin of, you know, the secret origin of Negan. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually
2: the, it's it actually is an origin issue for uh, Princess, uh, this new character that they just introduced, who's, um, you know, at first, at first uh, read, she's very annoying. Very annoying character. Um, she is, Princess is short for the Princess of Pittsburgh. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. And what, and just in the, in the, between the last two issues, we find out that Michonne and a small group have, have traveled, they're on their way to Cleveland, I think, or somewhere to meet with another group of survivors and they stay the night in Pittsburgh. And when they get there, um there's no there's nothing like there's no walkers there's no people you know they actually have a quiet night um I and actually, they don't know why
1: Yeah that I, I actually bought that issue because Pittsburgh was featured. Was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah
2: and they you know they're still in Pittsburgh cuz then they're, they're like well we've moved outside of town and michonne's like I want to try something and she just yells out hello Uh, A couple times, and then this this young girl comes out, and her name's Princess, and she's like, "I'm the Princess of Pittsburgh," and then she's just like, you know, you know, like talking like crazy, and then then she's
1: like, "And she's want a permannies?'" Yeah, 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 you
2: want permannies? Well, according to um, according to um, Abraham. From the Walking Dead, uh, Permanis isn't worth it. So, wait, what? Sorry. Yeah, you, I you know, mean, this
1: is. Like, you, mean, you mean the actor or
2: the actor? Yeah. Side note. So, side note. We went to um, Steel City Con, and um, Michael. Uh, what's his name? Michael. Cudlitz. Cudlitz, Yeah, and uh, Josh McDermott who plays Eugene,
1: mm-hmm. were
2: at the Steel City Con, and we went to their panel, and um, Michael Cudlitz went on for a good five minutes about how his Twitter blew up because everybody was like, you have to go to Permanente's. And <laughs> he went, he went, and he was, he was underwhelmed. <laughs> That's son of a and, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's funny it's just one of them things like obviously like the internet made it you know made it bigger than it should have been, right <laughs> but uh yeah, so he was a little disappointed, but uh yeah, that was a funny panel. so anyway, that aside, um yeah, the Walking Dead touches on Pittsburgh, and I think partly to um Kirkman, you know, wanted to do a little little nod towards George Romero. Mm. um you know by visiting pittsburgh as well and um so yeah it was it was an okay issue um they they really don't know what uh princess's deal is yet they don't know if they can trust her yet okay um and the and the story does kind of end abruptly, so it it makes sense that they might that that variant would have more pages um it's a weird issue. It's not, it's weird how this book has changed from a horror book to, you know, like a post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, travel adventure. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the walkers are, are, are very much secondary to, to the story now. Right. Like they're, they're more just like, they, they might as well just be wild animals. Right. Yeah. And that's what it is
2: too. They, cause they're all, they're always ready for them, and uh, usually they don't, you know, they've even found ways to uh, control, like, the herds and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's almost like they're a natural disaster at this point, that they just know how to um, live around them. So um, it's no longer a horror story, though, to them. It's more like we it's, found it's, a way it's, to... It's life. It's
1: like the... living with yeah,
2: yeah. To accept a new reality, you know, um, you know, it's just basically anybody could experience. I mean, if uh, you know, any kind of cataclysmic thing happened, you know, it'd be the same. You know, it's the same idea where you basically have to find a new way to live. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's what the book is about now. So yeah, it's definitely not about an apocalypse. It's definitely post-apocalyptic. At this point, and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the, it's definitely, I'm in it for the long haul, but it's definitely, uh, you know, lost a lot of momentum. You know, with the mm-hmm. well, know, like,
1: where... like you said, it's 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 not it it's it's a far cry from where the book started. You know, and and it, yeah. like we said, you know, things certainly evolve over time, but you know the. it's almost funny that the book, you know, I mean, the book is called what it's called. It's called The Walking Dead, but that's not even the main focus of the book anymore. (laughs) You know,
2: it's, well, they had always said, like even Rick said at once that they're, they are the walking dead, you know, like they're the ones. Well, and, and Um, and even at this point, that's not really true.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that because at the time that he said that, yes, things were bleak. Like they were still trying to figure out how to survive when he said that when he had that, that when he blew up and kind of had that big
2: Yeah. It was like that speech. Dead man walking. Yeah. It it was like that.
1: Yeah. Um, But now it's like what it's this three or four years later. And mm -hmm. now they've started living again. Like they're not just surviving anymore. They're actually living.
2: Right.
1: Like they haven't right. figured out.
2: And it's like every time there's, um, you know, some kind of colossal, you know, calamity kind of scenario, they rebuild and they come back stronger and bigger. And even though, you know, like the characters themselves don't realize it as a reader, you can see that, that all the progress they have made. Um, and I don't know if, like, Kirkman's trying to write. Like, I've heard this this uh, theory that it's, like, he's writing, like, the history of man in the book, um, you know, coming up through the ages and, um, you know, or stuff like that. You know, there's theories about what his, you know, what motivates him to write, to continue to write it, and it's, you know, that's one of those things that, um, you know, any kind of setback that mankind has had, man finds a way, you know, to... Um, you know, go beyond it, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know, but, yeah, it's, yeah, there was a couple things I thought worthy of note there, so, well, um, <laughs> so there you
0: go.
1: Okay, well, I think we, we pretty much, uh, I think we're at a good point to, to stop. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I, I saw the, the time was uh, winding down, so.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, any uh, anything, any final thoughts? Any any last things?
2: Any last request? Um, hmm. I don't think so. Oh, I th- I I started watching Defenders, so hallelujah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Hallelujah! It's about time. Yeah, Mister Wonder Woman. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Touche, no, um, touche. You got yeah. me that one. No, yeah, so I'm starting
1: to get into it now. So okay, we'll see how it goes. I actually, but I'm
2: not too early to tell.
1: Um, when Defenders was over, I actually went back, um, rewatched Daredevil season two, and now I'm rewatching Luke Cage.
2: Awesome. Um, hey, here's a random question: Who's your favorite character in the Defenders? Uh, uh, Because I already know. I mean, I had time to think about this.
1: That's tough. Um, In the... You mean as, like, how they... Just just those
2: four... Like, just looking at those four characters, which one, like, are you like, yeah, you (laughs) you know, like, The one that's kind of like,
1: yeah, that's
2: that's the one.
1: I think the one I look forward to seeing in action the most is probably Luke Cage.
2: Totally agree. Like that's that's what I was thinking about it. I was like, I I was also thinking, um, as as a character, he has no he has no gray area.
1: Um, Where the other characters.
2: No, like where he he is, you know, he says what he means, he means what he says kind of guy. You know, I think the other characters are as well, but, like, they try to be, you know, like, that way. But, you know, like, Matt Murdock deals with, you know, being on both sides of the law. Um, And he deals with, like, a right and wrong in his head that he can't. You know he needs to live in the gray, the gray area, mm-hmm. and um, you know Jessica Jones is like that too, where she she doesn't really she doesn't she doesn't want to be a hero. Um,
1: what? Well, and then she doesn't she doesn't want to be happy either. Right. And then and she doesn't want to care um, about anybody. She doesn't want to feel.
2: Yeah. Where where I think Luke Luke Cage. I feel that he is the closest thing uh, in in that sense of honor um, and purity of mission. He's the closest to Captain America, I think, that is out there. Like, I think that he is, like, a real hero. You know, like, he's, like, um, understands the stakes and, you know, try, always tries to make that best decision. Um,
1: well i yeah I would agree with all of that I would also say he's probably the most grounded out of all mm-hmm. of them like he he has i mean he's got that he's got his demons but i feel like he's also dealt with his demons and come to he's either dealt with them or he's accepted them like he mm-hmm. you know he's he knows who he is but, but like you said it's like um uh, Daredevil is always gonna have he's always gonna be on this mission to Save his city. Um, yeah. Jessica Jones is always going to be miserable, and yeah. Iron Fist is always going to be the protector of K'un Lun. Like he's yeah. always going to be the immortal Iron Fist, and right. they all have their their baggage. Luke just wants to be a good a good man. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: That's what I mean. Is he seems more he seems more like Steve Rogers than anybody else I could think of.
1: Yeah. You know, as right. far he's, as
2: like that. That uh, that level.
1: Yeah, of, uh, it's 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 very, you know, there's not yeah, there's not a lot of gray areas. It's it's, it's black or white. It's it's right, right or wrong.
2: Right, and and hey, and let's not forget, you know, like as a bonus, the dude gets the ladies. Like, oh, and,
1: anytime someone says <laughs> you want to get a cup of coffee, I'm like, oh yeah,
2: it, it's on. You yes, know
1: what it's that so means? Funny. A yeah, like a wow wow.
2: It's so funny, but uh, but yeah, he is really like uh, he's just like man, that guy, you know, like you, like when uh, they're walking through Harlem and and everybody on the streets just nodding their heads at him, like yeah, you're the man, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's like he is the man. I mean, think about it. when you really think about his character. It's like he is the man.
1: Well, that's he should that was get the, all like, the ladies. Like he's the, yeah, a great guy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts about um, the Luke Cage series was when um, – how the community rallies around him, how he just – like, he doesn't wear a mask. He doesn't hide. He, he just right. walks down the street because that's where he lives, and these are his people. Right. And, but, but people know that, like, he's kind of the, the sheriff. He's like the unofficial sheriff in town.
2: Right. You know, if,
1: if they have a problem, go see Luke Cage.
2: Yeah, he's gonna yeah, yeah you guys gotta do you have a squabble? He'll he will sort it out for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone wrongs you go see Cage.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he will even the score. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, and I and
2: I would say that too, and you picked probably the best the best ones to rewatch because Daredevil season two and Luke Cage are probably my favorite ones. Um yeah. out of all I, of it.
1: I, I did like Jessica Jones, but but I actually rewatched that maybe six months ago. It was it was it was mm-hmm. definitely before it was way before the Defenders. But I, okay. but still, I think within the last year, last like six to eight months, I, I rewatched Jessica Jones. So it was kind of okay too soon yeah, for I, me to, to revisit that. But
2: um, I would I would say that I'd rewatch any of them. Except but I have not made it through Iron Fist. Like I just skipped it. I was like, mm-hmm. it's so boring to me.
1: So it's it's probably okay because, um, you know, uh, he's he's actually he's written a lot better and portrayed a lot better in Defenders than he was in his own series. Yeah. Okay. So and that's what I, I've heard too. You're yeah. not really missing anything. And yeah. Um, the, the important parts from the, his own series make it to the Defenders. You get Colleen Wing, mm-hmm. you get, um, what was his name, uh, Bushido, and you get yeah. some, you know, you, you get a little bit of Kunlun um, references. So, but other than that, everything else in Iron Fist is, is, is like kind of just, it, it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well it's, it's it's only important to that show. Whereas I feel like a lot of stuff that happened, especially in Daredevil, mm-hmm. uh Daredevil season two, I felt like it really laid the groundwork for yeah. defenders as far as like the hand being like the primary, oh, yeah. you know yeah. villain.
0: Yep.
1: So okay, well well uh, keep watching. And let me know when you're done, and we can uh, we'll right. talk more about it. All right. <laughs> <Sorry, man>. um,
2: <laughs> so that's pretty much uh, yeah. That's all I got. I think so.
1: Okay. Well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little pimpage. Um, let me ask you, Scott. Do you do you watch Rick and Morty?
2: I just started watching season three.
1: Okay. Like
2: I've never I never watched a show before, but I was like, there was a marathon, and I set my DVR and recorded all of them. Yeah, I, I think I have to start
1: week. I have to start watching this show but that, that that's not why not so I'm, I'm asking because okay. there's um, the Hard Rock Cafe is teaming up with New Dimension Comics and they're having a Rick and Morty trivia night what? on uh, Tuesday September 19th at 8 o'clock
0: Oh cool
1: down to Hard Rock and there's going to be like Food and prizes. Um, I think there's gonna be a prize for like best Rick and Morty cosplay, oh, man. best costume, or whatever. So just putting that out there. I know Rick and Morty's kind of like that the thing now. Like people love Rick and Morty. Um, so uh, the Hard Rock is starting a series of, at least in the fall, um, a series of trivia nights. Um, the only one in September is going to be. Um, like I said, the Rick and Morty one. But then I believe in October there's going to be two scheduled. One is going to be Walking Dead trivia, mm-hmm. and then the other one is going to be American Horror Story trivia. Ah. So just some some okay. fun, you know, uh, pop culture slash nerdy stuff for people to keep their eyes out for. Like you know, it's it's starting to you know starting to get a little chilly. thing, you know you're not going to be doing as much stuff outside. Maybe if you're looking for something to do on a a Tuesday night when there's something going on, um, you know, maybe check that out.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might have Uh, to do that. And uh, see some other people down there, but yeah, that'd be funny to see just watching Rick and Morty this much. A room full of Rick and Morty's would be so appropriate for the show, (laughs) the show. So, (laughs) All right. So, well, um, anyway,
1: that's all I have. What about you? You good? I'm all set. Yep. All right. Well, this has been Comic Book Pit, episode 256. I'm Dan. I'm Scott. And we'll see you next time.